Amen. Today we're going to be in 3 John, the third letter of John. We've been looking at the short books, the small books of the Bible with the big truths. And today we, we come to 3 John, and it's more like a postcard. It's only 15 verses, so for the third week in a row, we're going to cover an entire book of the Bible, if you don't mind. A whole book of the Bible, 15 verses. We've got this. Have you ever, have you ever wanted the real thing in your life instead of an imitation? I asked my, my family, I said, what do you really need that you do not need an imitation of? And you want to know what they said? Toilet paper. <laughs> toilet paper. I guess they're right. You don't want imitation toilet paper. Now, if you were to ask me, pick one thing, and there's one thing that does come to mind. There's one thing that I like, I don't like an imitation of, and that is bacon. I like the pure, unadulterated, 100% bacon. Bacon is that food that you can add nothing to and make it better because it is perfect just the way it is. You take bacon and add it to everything else to make it better. Amen, church? Come on. You feel me? But when it comes to imitations, there's, there's something lacking in an Im imitation, isn't there? We like something to be genuine and real. And unfortunately, we come across people today who seem to be imitation Christians. They seem to have the, uh, the, the right logo on their car. They wear the right jewelry. They go to the right church. But when it comes to their life, it just does not seem to have any substance and any essence. And it seems like they are as far away from acting like Jesus as you can get sometimes. Today we come to a postcard, if you will, where John, the beloved disciple who leaned his head over onto Jesus during the Last Supper, writes a letter and addresses this in a church. So if you think the early church was perfect, guess what? It was a lot like our churches today. There was imperfections in it. And you will not find anywhere else in Scripture where it is so clearly addressed than right here about something going on with Christians. So if today, if today this is not normally your church, you normally don't even go to church, but you're listening today and you're going, yeah, that's the reason I don't go to church is because it's full of hypocrites. What better place for a hypocrite to be than in church? Now, as we look at this today, we're going to be looking at this as, as a way to identify uh, a real versus an imitation. Someone who's really imitating Christ and the ones who are just pretending to know Christ. And hopefully today, at the end, we'll be able to see how John drew a contrast between the two and use it as a litmus test toward us as well as those around us and know how to respond. Truth brings people together. And John, last week in, in 2 John, made it very clear that truth was important. There was a lady in 2 John who was entertaining anybody who had any truth to share, and John was telling, him, telling her to stop that because there's some people who share truth that's not from Christ, not from God. And so truth is something that brings us together. And now in 3, 3 John, we're going to see a little bit of that in practice in John's life as he addresses his friend. It begins in 3 John chapter 1. There's only one chapter, verse 1. The elder to the beloved Gaius, whom I love in truth. There's that word again. John loves that word truth. Beloved, I pray that in all respects you may prosper and be in good health just as your soul prospers. Whew, think about that for a second. 
May you be in good health as your soul prospers. So as you are growing spiritually, may your physical health reflect that. Now, that would be kind of tough for some of us because our spiritual health isn't that great. Others, we have great spiritual health, but we got low physical health. But he is saying here, may your physical health match your spiritual health. For I was just... For I was very glad when brethren came and testified to your truth, that is how you are walking in truth. I have no greater joy than this, to hear of my children walking in truth. So he's going back to this idea of truth. Now there's this guy named Gaius that he is writing this to that's a very beloved person in the church. And here's a decision that has to be made for all those who are in church who call Christ their Lord and Savior. Here's the decision. The decision, if Jesus is your Lord and Savior, is to be an imitator, not an imitation. Did you hear me, church? If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you need to be an imitator, not an imitation. Not someone who is kind of trying to, to look the part, but someone who's being Jesus. There's a difference. There's a difference between someone who's pretending to be Superman and Superman himself. There's, some, there's a difference between someone who's pretending to be, to, to, to be a police officer and someone who is a real police officer. There's a big difference. Same way with a Christian. There's a big difference between someone who's pretending to be a Christian and one who really is. The one that's really a follower of Christ is an imitator of Christ, not just someone who hangs his name around their neck. And there's a huge difference. Because you and I, probably everyone in this room has come across some Christians who are just imitations and not the real thing. So the real decision we have to have, the right attitude in church as he's writing to this church, John is, is that of being an imitator of Jesus Christ. He's really addressing this idea of illegitimate division among the people of God in this church. We cannot ignore those who sow discord in the church because it destroys the name of Christ. It destroys the, the gospel. And it causes God's hand to be removed. So as John is addressing this, he takes it very serious as we're about to see. We should imitate Christ no matter what. Whether we're having a good day or a bad day or whether we are in the midst of conflict or not, our minds should go to the place where we want to do what Jesus would do. Here's the hard thing though. Sometimes we don't do what Jesus would do, don't we? Sometimes it's hard in the moment, especially in a moment of emotion, to respond like Jesus would. So does that mean I'm a failure, Pastor? Does that mean I'm an imitation? Only if your thought is to never become like Jesus and you're just going to continue to live life the way you're living it and people will just have to get over it. Can I tell you to get over yourself and be like Jesus? You're not God, Jesus is. Let's continue to read here because what John does is he draws a stark contrast between an imitator and an imitation within the church. The first thing I want us to look at when it comes to an imitation versus an imitator is this. And it's found in verse 9 as he brings up the next person that he is writing about. Verse 9 he, wrote, he says, I wrote something to the church. You know what that means? That means that there's something that John wrote to the church... That doesn't exist. Watch this. But Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. 
Many believe that Diotrephes took the letter of John and tore it up and threw it away because he would not accept that which came from John, an apostle. Diotrephes, as we can see here in verse 9, it says, who loves to be first. Have you ever been around somebody like that? Somebody just say, Amen. If you've been around somebody who just loves to be in first all the time, it's all about them. In other words, they're very selfish. It's a, there's a selfishness about someone who's an imitator, and, uh, who's an imitation rather than an imitator. Selfishness permeates from someone who's an imitation of Christ because that's not who Christ is. And we see that of Diotrephes, but I want us to look at verse 5 and the contrast that happens here between Diotrephes and Gaius. Beloved, you are acting faithfully in whatever you accomplish for the brethren. Who is Gaius working for? He is serving the people. He is a faithful, faithfully serving other people. He's faithfully serving those around him. He is a servant of others. Other words, other words, he's like Jesus. He is second place, not first place. He is washing the feet just like Jesus did. And we have Diotrephes who just wants to be first among the brethren. He wants to, he wants to be at the top tier. Fifty-four times in the New Testament you find one another phrases. Love one another, serve one another, care for one another, bear one another's burdens. Fifty-four times you find one another phrases. God wants us to be servants of of one another and not always be first. So an imitation is very selfish. An imitator is faithfully serving. Second thing we can see here in verse 9, I wrote something to the church, by, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. In other words, he was unteachable. He was not teachable at all. He did not want to hear what the apostles had to say. He knew everything. Have you ever been around somebody who just who, who's a know-it-all, who knows everything? No matter what you try to explain to them, they've got the answers. They don't want to discuss it. They want to convince you that you're wrong and they're always right. Have you been around someone like that? Don't be nudging your wife or your husband, okay? That's not going to help a thing this morning. But I think we've all been around someone who's very selfish, who's unteachable, who's a know-it-all. But look at the contrast that John brings here with Gaius. Verse 4. Look at verse 4. I have no greater joy than this to hear of my children walking in the truth. How can you walk in the truth unless you hear truth and you're teachable and you grow in the truth to know the truth? See, there's one thing to be unteachable. It's another to be growing in the truth, to be growing up in Christ, to know more about Christ, to become more like Christ. It's having a teachable spirit. So someone who's an imitator of Christ is someone who is faithfully serving others and they are growing in the truth. See, the problem here with Diotrephes was not that he could quote Scripture or he knew theology. That was not the problem. The problem was... His actions, his heart, how he took God's word and, and made it real in his life. That's where the problem came in. See, you can quote Bible verses all day long. You can raise your Bible up. Uh, you can take it to work and sit it on your desk. But if out of your mouth comes cursings and accusations and hurtful things toward others, then you need to take that Bible and get it in your heart rather than on your desk. You need to get it in your life rather than just a, a facade that you put forth as an imitation. And so as we look at John here, he actually addresses that in verse 10. Verse 10, he says of Diotrephes, 
For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words. He is addressing, Diotrephes is using words, he's unjustly accusing John and others of things that are not true. Have you ever been around somebody? It's always someone else's fault. It's never their fault. It's, it's because of those people or that person. It's always their fault, never my fault. This person here, this Diotrephes, was in the church. He was being selfish. He wanted to be first. He wasn't teachable. And he was uh, making everybody else the enemy. Everybody else is the problem and not him. I know we've all been around people like that in our lives. Hopefully, and I pray to God, they did not call themselves a Christian because that's acting like someone who does not know Christ. If they say they're a Christian, they're an imitation. They're not imitating the Christ. So what does John say in contrast to someone who's accusing like Diotrephes here? Well, let's look in verse 3. He says, For I was very glad when brethren came testified to your truth. In other words, people are talking about you and saying good things. It says the same thing in verse 6. And they have testified uh, to your love before the church. There, there's other people talking about this person. Rather than th- them making an accusation like Diotrephes, other people are going, Man, these... This Gaius guy, he loves us. He is serving us. He is a great man. He knows the truth. So there's other things that people are saying is really good. So that is a great indicator of someone who's imitating Christ. Verse 12, there's a new person that comes on the scene that that John brings in, and his name is Demetrius. And he brings about this idea in verse 12 that Demetrius has received a good testimony from everyone and from the truth itself. And we and our testimony, and you know that our testimony is true. In other words, John has made a sandwich here. The first person is Gaius. Gaius is someone imitating Christ. Then we have Diotrephes who is not causing problems in the church. And then he has Demetrius again at the end where he's bringing this this illustration of contrast that Demetrius has, has a good testimony among people. People are saying good things about Demetrius. Well, what else is going on with an imitation Christian? Well, uh, let's look in verse 10 again at Demetrius or or Diotrephes. These names confuse me. Diotrephes in verse 10. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words, and not satisfied with this, he himself does not receive the brethren either. other words, he's not being very hospitable. He doesn't care about guests. He doesn't care about the needs of other people. He is not hospitable at all. other words, he is inhospitable as an individual. So we, we find this guy... Diotrephes, he is selfish. He has to be first. He, he is unteachable. He knows everything. He is an accuser. Everybody else is the problem. And he's unhospitable. He's not going to get you a glass of water. You can get it yourself. He's not the kind of person who's going to invite you into his home. He is not hospitable in the church. But we can see that, that John paints a picture with the other side in verse 5 as as how Gaius is very hospitable toward the brethren and how they're saying good things about him, that he cares about people. So there's a real contrast going on here that John's trying to paint. He's saying, in your church you have Gaius who who is an imitator of Christ and you've got this guy Diotrephes who is an imitation. He is not the real thing. He's not reflecting Jesus Christ. How we treat other people and how we treat guests shows how we feel about God. How we deal on the horizontal reflects our vertical relationship and views 
of God Himself. Our intimate fellowship with God's people is a reflection of our intimate fellowship with our Heavenly Father. You've got to get a hold of this because if we're not, if we're not good on our horizontal relationships, then it's going, to, it's going to be a reflection of what our vertical relationships. It will hinder your vertical relationships. There's a verse in Scripture that says, men, that your prayers will be hindered if you are at war with your wife. You can pray all you want, but if you, if, if you don't make peace with your wife and work through some things, then God's not going to listen to your prayers because you need to take care of business at home first before you come to the Lord. That's how serious He takes it. So we have to understand that how we interact and how we have fellowship with one another reflects our fellowship with God. The last thing about this contrast here is found in verse 10 again. Let's begin reading at the first verse of the ten, first part of the verse. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words, and not satisfied with this, he himself does not receive the brethren either, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. What's that sound like? Someone who's power hungry, someone who wants to be in charge, who's going to call the shots, and no matter what anybody says, it's his way or the highway. Have you ever heard? that? It's my way or the highway. Well, let me tell you, that's a diatrophies. That's not someone who is imitating Christ. This right here is a real contrast between those who are in the church that reflect Jesus, who's imitating Jesus, and those who are just in the church saying they're Christian and they don't have Jesus. Now, I can't think of a better place for an imitator to be, but we have to be very, very careful when we have an imitation among us that that is causing division. I think they need Jesus Christ. But when there's an imitation in God's house, it can create problems for the gospel and for the Lord. And we can see that John in verse 7 talks about how they humbly, for they went out for the sake of the name. The name there in in the New American Standard, the the name is capitalized. That N is capitalized. You can circle that because that means that name is Jesus. Going out for the name, the name of Jesus himself, accepting nothing from the Gentiles. They were going out humbly serving. They were going out humbly serving Jesus Christ, not asking things from people. They were second. They didn't have to be first. It didn't have to be his way. See, Diotrephes was saying, listen, if you accept them, I'm going to throw you out of the church. You're going to be out of here. How many times do we have across our nation and across our world someone who rises up who thinks they know everything about church and they run the church the way they want it to be run and they destroy the gospel and they tear down Jesus Christ. They ruin the souls that could go to heaven because they have absolutely ruined the name of Christ because of the way they've acted in church. So today, John is drawing this stark contrast between the two. So how do we process this as John is looking at, he's writing this letter to both of these, uh, to Gaius and his friends, and he's talking about Diotrephes, who's in the church, who's a real mess. Well, it boils down to verse 11. Verse 11 here says, Beloved, other words, those that he loves, those who are really close, his family, do not imitate what is evil but what is good. John draws a very clear, distinct line between an imitation and an imitator. That line is this. Listen, the one who does good is of God, and the one who does evil has not even seen God. In other words, John is saying the one who's imitating Christ belongs to Christ. The one who's not imitating Christ, he's, he does not belong to Christ, and you need to deal with it because he even says in verse 10 that when I come, I'm going to call attention to his deeds. He, John is very clear that he is going to address what 
I believe, is the devil infiltrating the church. So as we look at this, how do we process this? Well, we need to make it very personal for our life. We need to be thinking about how this impacts us. What does this say to us today when we see this contrast? Well, number one, I think we need to look at our own life. Do we have any type of indication that we're being selfish or we're unteachable or we're accusing people that unfairly? Are we inhospitable? Are we power hungry? If so, there's a good possibility you may not know Christ if that is a a continual repetitive pattern in your life. However, if in your life you are faithfully serving other people and you're growing in God's truth, and others are saying good things about you and you're being hospitable to people and you're humbly serving Christ in His name everywhere you go, then you are an imitator of Jesus Christ. Now, there may be a mixture between the two, but here's the bottom line. We have to look upon ourselves to see where we are and judge rightly so that God can make a move in our lives so that we can be imitators and not imitations. There are people today in churches all across our nation who have walked in the church doors a hundred, three hundred, four hundred times and they will die and go to hell because they're nothing more than an imitation. They put on the facade, they put on the show, they come in, they sing the song, they raise their hand, they go back out, They do not know Jesus. They don't live like Jesus. They don't think like Jesus. They could care less whether Jesus is at their work or not. But let me tell you, unless unless we take serious our relationship with Jesus Christ and imitate Him, we will not see His grace and glory in our life. We need to know that we're imitating Jesus Christ and no one else. I remember as a child, one of the things I loved to do was imitate those that I watched on TV. I would watch Superman, and I would get me a cape, and I'd tie it around my neck, and I'd, and I'd run around with my hands up in the air, and I would try to imitate Superman. And I would go outside, and I'd jump off steps, and I'd jump off of a, off a little bank. I remember one time, I crawled up on this big old bank. I had this cape, and I just thought for sure I could really fly. And I got up there, and I got ready, and I stood there, And I walked back down and I did not jump off that bank because even though I wanted to imitate Superman, I had a realization when I got there, I'm not him. And I also remember as a child that I would watch cowboys. Anybody like cowboy pictures, cowboy shows? Man, John Wayne, John Wayne, you know, the Duke, uh, Dean Martin, all those guys. I've seen all kinds of cowboys. My mom and dad loves those things. They still watch them. And we'd go to Cherokee and I'd buy me one of those those revolvers, you know, and those belts, and you could put it on your side, and I, my cousins would come over, and I would, I'd, I'd be pretending like I'm John Wayne. Hello, pilgrim. I'd be out there, and we'd, shoom, you know, we'd draw. Usually, I'd, they'd, they, they say they got me, but I knew I got them for some reason. They just wouldn't believe that I really shot them first. But, but I would try to imitate those that I was looking up to. We need to do that today. The one we need to look up to is Jesus Christ and imitate Him. Not our neighbor, not someone that we see on TV, but Jesus Himself. That is what John is addressing. He is saying, Gaius, you are imitating Christ. You're not an imitation. You're the real deal. Demetrius, you're imitating Christ. You're the real deal. But he looks at Diotrephes and he's going, you're an imitation, brother. You're not reflecting Jesus and how you're treating people, how you're acting, what you're doing. And John says, when I get there, rubber's going to meet the road. I don't like conflict. Do y'all like conflict? Anybody here just love conflict? Anybody? Oh, we got one person, and she just got married. Christian, we're all going to pause for a moment and pray for you. (laughs) No, 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 I'm kidding. 
But here's the thing. We don't like conflict. But for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ, sometimes we have to let the Holy Spirit give us the courage to stand and say, this is an imitation. This isn't real. Brother, I love you. Like we talked about last week, we've got to do it in love. John addresses this in 2 John. We've got to love them and say, listen, I'm really concerned. Because what you're doing is not of Christ. And John is doing this. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do with this message? We need to choose to imitate what is good and refuse to act any other way. John wrote in verse 11, Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. We need to imitate Jesus Christ wherever we go, whatever we do, every day of the week, every hour of the day, whether we're at home or we're at the store, we must imitate Jesus Christ in the middle of our hurts, our pains, our conflicts, our joys, our praises. If you're not sure what Jesus would do, then start by talking to people to find out. What would Jesus do in this situation? How would He respond? Because that means you're growing in truth and you're, you are becoming to imitate Christ rather than just be an imitation. Verse 13, John says, I had many things to write to you, but I'm not willing to write them to you with pen and ink. But I hope to see you shortly and we will speak face to face. Peace be to you. The friends greet you. Greet, greet the friends by name. Peace be to you. When I read 3 John, it really looks like conflict to me. There's a real problem going on in the church. This Demetrius, he is, this Diotrephes, there I go again, this Diotrephes. By the way, if you ever want to get a dog, don't name it Diotrephes. That would be so hard to call, it, call your dog that. Diotrephes is creating this problem, and John points out there's an issue in the church. How in the world can there be peace? Because Jesus Christ is peace. And when people align to Jesus, there will be peace. There will be a peace that surpasses all understanding. 